Welcome to the Dale Sabor A Tu Salute podcast by Tadine. I am your host, Chef Carla Contreras. Join me as we steep in the world of Tadine with interviews from fellow creatives, foodies, and entrepreneurs from our comunidad. Pam, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here. Can you introduce yourself and how you serve your community? Totally. I'm so excited to be here. I am Pam Corrubias. I'm a first-gen immigrant, eldest daughter, neurodiverse, and I support my community with nervous system regulation, productivity tools, by rejecting calladita culture, and I do this through sharing podcasts, sharing our stories, coaching, and speaking. Amazing. I'm excited to get into this conversation today, but we're going to start with tea first. What's in your tasa? What was your last tadin tea? So I have it right here. It's from yesterday, and it's, as you can see, there's two bags <laughs> because, you know, I like to break the rules. So I have dandy detox and cinnamon apple. Ooh. <laughs> This is a combination that I have not tried. And Maria Lara, she is in episode one and episode two. She is the tea blender for Tintin. And she also is the, I feel like she's the quality control officer as well. But she recommends every time you make a cup of tea, two tea bags. Mm, I always do yes. too. Just the different flavors, I guess. Yeah, but I like that flavor combination. Question, do you add water again on top of it? That's one of Maria Laura's things. So I want to ask if you do that. Yes. So I use, and I these are coffee sleeves that I I make, and this is an 18-ounce mason jar. So I put a coffee sleeve because it gets really hot. But there's no mugs that are this big. And so what no. I do is I just fill it up with hot water and then because it's such a large glass, yeah. I just do half after. So I drink about half oh. and then I fill it up again. Yeah. Halfway through. And the the sleeves are gorgeous. You have a store for this. We'll talk about all yeah. the links at the end of this. Okay, awesome. Yes. So with the teas, do you have a favorite right now that you're drinking? So I've been really into the Dandy Detox and the... Um, the apple cinnamon, and my other favorite is pineapple ginger. Oh, pineapple ginger is a really delicious one. Yeah. That one has a ton of flavor to yes. it. Oh, I'm so it's grateful like, that you you mentioned that one. Digestion too. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I find out a lot of these things usually when I'm like, oh, this is a delicious night tea, and I'm like, why am I awake? Just kidding. Oh. <laughs> That's right. I need to look at the box because some of these teas have, you know, there's so many that have caffeine free. You know, we were talking about the pumpkin earlier, cinnamon apples, another one. These are all caffeine free, but some of them do have caffeine, like the pineapple blends. For sure. And for example, the apple, I, and I don't have science behind this, but when I was a dancer, our teacher would tell us to eat an apple before class because it helps with memory. And he, he said that eating an apple was like drinking a cup of coffee. I don't know if this is true. I've not proven this. There's no studies behind it, but I also like, I don't know, sometimes, you know, even the blends, even though they're caffeine free, you can still get energized. 
Yeah, totally. Because there's all of those spices and there's different flavors inside of it. Right. That's so exciting. I love this. <laughs> Let's talk about tea drinking culture when you were growing up. Did you drink tea when you were younger? All the time. I grew up with a grandmother who would literally have yerbas and things at all times brewing. And I, for some reason, when I was young, 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 I would always have stomach problems. And of course, the manzanilla was a thing that was always in my cup. Yerba buena, which, uh, you know, it's such an extravagant name in Spanish and it's just mint. <laughs> or peppermint, I guess. Yerba buena, té de limón also, wow. lemongrass. I mean, I was drinking tea all the time. It was a thing for sure. And there were sometimes I would get concoctions that I didn't know what was in them. And it was just like, drink it because it will make you better. And she was also very much about not just adding plants to which, whatever she was wearing, but also like a garlic, como se dice, un diente de ajo, like a garlic thing. Yeah. Or like she would also do té de cebolla, like onion. Yeah. Thing. You know, like so many, like the the outside of the onion, the skin, the really thin skin, she would make that as a tea. Like so many things that, yeah, it was a thing for sure. <laughs> tea drinking culture was So much herbal medicine yes, in there. For sure. For That's sure. so cool. Yeah, it is. Let's talk about ADHD. I saw this when I was when I was connecting with you, first connecting with you and looking at your business. I was like, wow, this is fascinating. And I would love to ask a question about for people that are not familiar, what is ADHD? And also how does this play a role in your business and your life? Yeah. So ADHD, it stands for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. And a few years ago, I don't know exactly how many, it used to be ADD and ADHD. Well, what happens is that if you know or not, a lot of clinical trials and tests and studies are done to men and postmenopausal women, which leaves menstrual age women out of the studies many, many times. It's a thing, which, and it wasn't until studies were done on women that they realized that the hyperactivity also exists in women. It's just in the head. It's not in physically. So when women have ADHD, we're overthinkers. We are, it's always all of these thoughts that exist in the head, whereas men or boys, which is who gets diagnosed early, they show with hyperactivity by being hyperactive. But however, girls' hyperactivity is in, in the head. So ADHD is, and I share that because I still hear a lot of people say, oh, I have ADD. And I'm like, well, it's ADHD either way. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's fine. So ADHD is a variation in neurological development, and it affects people in various ways. There's not a one size fits all for ADHD because we also have to know and understand our trauma, our lived experience, our cultural background, how much we've learned to mask our symptoms. And so 
everyone is different in their ADHD. And basically, it affects in different ways. Some of them include executive function, so making decisions, inattention, hyperactivity, impulsivity, and other things. These are like the main things that ADHD is known for. And the the second part of the question of how does it affect me? I mean, it affects me all the time. And I've also learned to embrace it in such a way that I think it's my superpower. Because one, ideas are my unlimited resource. I know that I never run out of ideas. Now, what I need to be self-aware and responsible is to know what to do with the ideas. And so does it affect me? I don't know right now if I would say that it affects me, but it it definitely takes part into my day-to-day because as we exist in a world full of neurotypical people, neurodiverse folks have learned to mask it. And what is masking is literally when you work so hard, 10 times harder to blend in to a classroom, to blend into the office, to blend into a meeting and not interrupt people. And there's so much that goes through a neurodiverse brain when you're existing in a neurotypical world that we're exhausted all the time. And so what I've learned is to embrace it and to introduce myself as a neurodiverse person and to literally point it out. I mean, I do things in meetings, for example, when I meet with clients and they are like, this is going to be a four-hour meeting. And I'm like, well, just so you know, I'm going to bet I have to get up I have to move my body. I have to doodle as you're talking to me for four hours because I cannot, like, this is not a thing that my body physically can do. So if you actually want me to pay attention, you're going to have to understand that this is what I need to do. You know, and and that's how we just kind of like train folks to understand that's how we function. For me, the other thing is I work really fast also. Because I, I'm that person that watches videos at 2x and, you know, my partner's like, you're out of your mind. Like, I don't understand. I'm like, what? This is like the perfect speed. And so I work fast. With working fast also comes in attention to detail. You know, I miss detail sometimes. Like, you know, I don't see typos or little things that sometimes I go back and I'm like, oh, MG, this is because I was working so fast. I also could hyper focus which is, so you can get either you don't pay attention or you hyper-focus on something because you're so curious about. And I could go into deep rabbit holes of research. One of my clients says, you're like encyclopedia because you always know like random facts for random things. And I'm like, yeah, it's great. (laughs) Also, I'm task avoidant. I always share that I'm a recovering procrastinator. And that's because I my brain wants to avoid tasks that don't bring in dopamine because my brain is dopamine deficient. So ADHD brains don't produce as much dopamine as neurotypical brains. And for that reason, I seek the dopamine. And the dopamine comes from doing fun things, from doing immediate gratification things. And so having a lot of that self-awareness is really important to to not self-sabotage where I'm going, my success, my desires, my goals, et cetera. Wow. It's so beautiful <laughs> to hear all of the ways that this is, it's very vast. So much. And 
you mentioned as part of your story, and I listened to your podcast, is that EFT was something that supported you early on. Can you tell us about how EFT has supported you with ADHD? And for people that are new, what is EFT? Totally. So EFT stands for Emotional Freedom Techniques. It's a somatic, it's a self-regulation nervous system tool that supports our bodies and our nervous system. I came across EFT when I was in college back in 2004, 2005, when I had a one-on-one conversation with a teacher and she basically was like, you could be brilliant, but you're choosing not to. And that affected me. That conversation was like, oh, maybe I am sabotaging (laughs) because I was, my mom used to call me la mujer del mañana. Everything was mañana. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. And even in college, I went to school for design. So I'm a designer. And projects in art school are month long. You know, they're weeks at a time. So, you know, you don't get a paper that you write in two weeks. You get four weeks to work on a project. And I would literally be the person that would arrive two days before the project was due, sometimes one night, and do it all at once. And so with this conversation with this professor, I went into this rabbit hole of exploration of why do I believe now that my brain is broken based on this conversation that she said? Why does the brilliance that she sees in me, I don't see it. And I went into my hyper focus of uncovering the depths of my brain, went to the counselor, uncovered, discovered, I guess, ADHD, and found in the many depths of research, found a YouTube video where someone was tapping. And I started following the sequence along. What we do is we use our fingers and we use different parts of our body to touch on meridian points, which are points that are pulled from, we borrow those points from traditional Chinese medicine meridian points. So if you've heard of acupuncture, acupressure, those points in tapping or EFT, we use 12 to sometimes 20 points. And we simply put our fingers on those points. And that allows our amygdala, which is our fight or flight, our alert system in the limbic brain, the second part of the brain, to relax. So with EFT, I was able to realize that it was a high-functioning, anxious person, and it allowed me to first calm down. And then once my brain was chill and my alert system wasn't on at all times, I was able then to make cognitive decisions with my frontal cortex instead of just emotional decisions with my limbic. So it supported me in so many ways, first and foremost, nervous system regulation, which is what I what I share and what I believe a lot of us need to, to work on is to regulate our nervous system. Yeah. And you mentioned this because I got into recent episodes of your podcast about using, creating systems, creating organization, creating routines. Like this is the time of year where we're recording this in January of 2024. And my question earlier was, do you use EFT to support you while doing that? Because I recognize having an ADHD brain might need tools in order to support it in order to do the thing. 
Mm-hmm. Totally. I use EFT all the time. I have a daily challenge that people can do where you tap every morning. And that alone can get you to calm down the amygdala. So in my case, tapping is my tool. It could be breath work. It could be meditation. It could be going for a swim. It could be, you know, various things that I always invite humans to explore whatever it is that chills them. It doesn't have to be tapping. For me, tapping works. And so, yes, do I use tapping all the time? 100%. I tap all the time. Do I use systems, tools, all of the above? I have analog trackers. I have digital trackers. I use my organization systems called Notion. So I use Notion for my whole life. I use paper lists. I use notebooks. I use planners. I use sticky notes. And what I've learned is to have a rhythm with the tools because also as ADHDers, we can just like create all these tools and then never use them. So what tapping has helped me do is it's to get diligent and, and in a way disciplined. I don't know if I want to use the word discipline, but consistent with the use of the tools. And I'm testing all the time. Like I'm, I'm literally a walking laboratory in myself all the time. Like right now I'm testing a morning and evening routine. And so I created a tracker for them. I first brainstormed it. I also work a lot with my inner, what I call my inner energy season. So I, I look at my hormones and see where I am because that also affects how I function. If I am in So the way that I I talk about the inner energy seasons, like the seasons of the earth. So winter, spring, summer, autumn. And if I'm in a hormonal place where like ovulation when I'm, that's summer. So if I'm in my internal summer, I'm very confident. And so that's a great time for me to do specific things that require that. But sometimes when progesterone is really high, I don't want to do that. So I have to work with myself to do other activities. And with that, I have also created planners and different templates to guide me to take action because my brain is like, you don't want to do content, then just go to sleep. So I've created these tools that kind of like give me a starting point because one of the hardest things for ADHDers is to get started. And so that's how I use all these things. And, you know, for the people connecting with this, my invitation is to just think about what works for you. Like I have a plethora of tools that I use and I like people see them and they're like, you're out of your mind. And I'm like, absolutely I am. But it works for me. Whatever works for you, make sure it works for you. I love that invitation, whatever works for you. I want to get into, before we hop off this podcast, about the motivation, because you do create a lot of content. You have podcast, blog, newsletter, challenge. What is your motivation behind sharing all of this with people? I think it's, I create the content that I wish existed, really. Because when I was in my early, early 20s, and I had this conversation with this teacher, and I went and I just found a tapping video. Nobody was talking about how to help me. And so now 
whether people use it or not, I share it because if someone had shared when I was 21, you could have a morning routine and you can write it down and track it. That would have helped me so much. And I think it goes beyond you could have a morning routine. It's like, these are the things that I include in my morning routine because, you know, that could be a guide also, like a starting point, which is what I always need. So my motivation is to to leave the world better than I found it by sharing the things that work for me and allow people to use what works for them and throw away what doesn't. So brilliant. <laughs> so brilliant because it gives people permission to do whatever serves yeah. them. So cool. Pam, how can we work with you? How can we find you? How can we support you? Thank you. You can find me at cafeconpam.com, C-A-F-E-C-O-N-P-A-M.com. On the socials at Cafecompam Podcast, that's where I am. And if you're interested and curious about tapping, we do lots of fun things inside of the Money's Pass. And it's an annual pass where you join, we tap, we do monthly tapping circles, we hold each other accountable, we have an online, what I call the online third space, and this is where we can hang out and co-work and get things done, and we have neurotypicals, we have neurodiverse, you come and you use whatever tools work for you, and we hang out and have lots of fun, and all of that is inside Cafe Compa. <laughs> Thank you so much, ma'am. Thank I you. I appreciate you. Yes, of course. Gracias. Thank you so much for steeping in the world of Tadine. I am your host, Chef Carla Contreras. You can find Tadine at Tadine Teas on Instagram and more information in the show notes. If you're on iTunes or Spotify, please leave us a review. Adios.